their stories being told. By people who are out of their minds. That's what we've always believed. an edutainment podcast that brings to light ingenious, interesting, and sometimes unbelievable stories from history and mixes in creative storytelling. Every episode, we hope you learn at least four facts that you can use around the dinner table or at the grocery store to astound your family, friends, or that person who doesn't understand social distancing. The headlines are ear-catching, that-can't-be-true factoids, while the explanations show you just how real they are. Every week, there will be two little lies thrown in the mix to keep us on our toes and vigilant for the truth. This week's topic is pickling. Also, just a heads up, uh, my name's Brenna. Oh, and I'm Michael. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, not, we're not quite sure where to put our names in this. We don't remember who we are, usually. <laughs> <laughs> so, this week is kind of special. Uh, we're not sponsoring anything, but we do have a mason jar full of Old Smoky Moonshine pickles. This isn't going to be a normal thing we do, but we're going to do a taste test before we start today. Yeah, and also, hey, Old Smoky Moonshine Pickles, if Hit you want to sponsor. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, should we have said their name? Uh, I'm not getting paid for this. I know, it's Oh, fine. man, we might just bleep it. Yeah. So if it's bleeped, then it's... Then it was Old Smoky Moonshine Pickles <laughs> that got bleeped. It's it's moon, <laughs> Moonshine Pickles. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Is this how ASMR works? <laughs> so I got these for Brenna for Christmas, and uh, they were a lot worse back then. These aren't. They so, were really bad. These aren't so bad now. No. Oh, those, back is, then you had to have a shot of whiskey first so that you wouldn't have to taste it. Yeah, this isn't bad this actually. Is pretty good. I'd yeah, put this on a maybe I not a sandwich. Put, I would not no. put this on a sandwich. Mmm. <laughs> I'd eat it with a burger. Yeah. The burger. Mm-hmm. Get wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Seven out of ten. Decent pickle. Yeah. Good crunch. Uh I'm gonna go seven point two out of ten. Well then that then it's an arbitrary system. <laughs> Did anybody ever tell you you're an arbitrary system? What are your three facts? <laughs> All right. Uh, you're going to be so mad at me, probably. <laughs> All right. Fact number one. Dinosaur brain found pickled in swamp. Fact number two. Pickled pig anus, the perfect bar snack. And fact number three. Making some jewelry? We can pickle that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow. Um, well, one of those things isn't like the other, so that's probably the true one. <laughs> so number three is probably true the other two are animal related I hear animals are delicious pickled um god and number one was dinosaur brain found pickled in where? swamp in swamp well can, can swamp can swamps be acidic? Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, and number three was? Uh, making some jewelry. We can pickle that. 
Oh, God, no. That one's true. Did you know that our podcast is just a collection of us going, uh, uh, I bet uh. you. I bet you this happened. I bet you you're number three. I think I... I think I did that one as well. No. Yeah, finally, is this the it, one? It finally happened. <laughs> yeah, number three is true. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> okay. It, how about this? If it is the same, you can then I'm gonna remind right immediately. After. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Making jewelry can be a fun hobby or a serious craft for many people, but it also has a bit of science to it and a bit of pickling as well. According to the International Gem Society, due to impurities in metals as well as the oxidation caused by soldering, jewelry should be submerged in a clean agent known as pickling. Pickling consists of an acid diluted in distilled water and then heated at a low temperature. This acid can be citric acid, vinegar, or most commonly, sodium bisulfate, which is different than sodium bisulfite, I found out. Yep. <laughs> One is a little more industrial. <laughs> I believe it's where the hydrogen's attached to. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mr. Science. Sometimes. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> it's okay. We're not scientists, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> We're not claiming to be scientists. Although consumer-grade citric acid and vinegar pickling compounds are environmentally friendly, they are far weaker than their non-biodegradable counterpart sodium bisulfate, which is used mainly to lower pH levels for many purposes, including proper chlorination of pools. So that's nice. <laughs> that being said, pickling made with sodium bisulfate is more dangerous, requiring protective wear when handling, as well as mixing with baking soda to neutralize it before disposal. So basically what you're supposed to do is, <laughs> what, the, what the recipe is on online for like small people like on Etsy and stuff when you're actually like soldering. Soldering, uh, yeah. So Soldering. Oh my god, I am so sorry. Yeah, you said that three, three, nine, nine. I like sit here in a little room and I read words until I forget how they sound. <laughs> yeah, soldering. Um, so when you solder, all that little smoke and all that gross stuff that turned around is oxidation. Mm -hmm. And in order to clean that up so that your jewelry looks nice, you dip it in the pickling liquid and it cleans it up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although sodium bisulfate by itself can be safely rinsed down the drain once neutralized, Pickling sludge, which includes acidic rinse waters, iron chlorides, metallic salts, and waste acid from the jewelry making process, is considered a hazardous waste by the EPA and must be disposed of at a hazardous waste facility, even after neutralization. So this is a pickling substance you don't want to just do, eat. Do, <laughs> do you pickle back so? Yeah, I wouldn't take a shot of this after. <laughs> a shot of bourbon. This is not the case for citric acid and vinegar unless commercial-grade citric acid is being used in the pickling solution. Yeah, so apparently if you use, like, commercial-grade citric acid, that also is so powerful in its cleaning that you also have to dispose of it. It's hazardous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did not know that. Mmm, <laughs> sour. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you wear jewelry, or are currently looking at someone wearing jewelry, I suppose it could be said that it was likely pickled. Whatever Ollie Sean be said, I'm not sure what situation you would be in where he would need to say that. Yeah, I will not say that to you at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is really lame fact, but hey, there you go. <laughs> hey, I have wonderful news. That's it's not the same. That's not what I looked up, so yes. we're good. Yeah, I figured I could see uh, for the audience out there, his eyeballs didn't get wide, and, you know, he didn't look very upset, and he didn't cut me off to let me know that I was wrong. <laughs> and that's how you know we didn't do the same topic. <laughs> All right, so are we going dino brain or 
Pickled Pig Amos. Oh, man. I, Oops. I, I bet you the pig anus thing is something like they stick it in alcohol and that's how it's pickled. Kind of like the, the, the tequila worms. It's like a pig anus bourbon. <laughs> The, the dinosaur one well here's the thing is the dinosaur one doesn't make a ton of sense because if the brain was pickled wouldn't the rest of the body be pickled as well I'm not helping I, I don't know, I know why you're I'm, looking at me I'm like trying, this. trying to read your facial expression as I explain my thought process well, that's not helpful you see it doesn't matter to me because I get to read them either way let's go with pig anus is real alright Pickled pig anus, the perfect bar snack. If you're accustomed to hanging out in dive bars, you may be familiar with pickled eggs floating in jars with maybe a post-it note reading 50 cents or a dollar on it. If you live in the South, you may even be accustomed to singing pickled pig's feet as a bar food option behind the counter. But if you live in Louisiana, you may have even seen a jar of, sorry, not pickled pig anus, but rather pickled pig's lips posing up with the pretzels and beer nuts. (laughs) I hate you. I've got you. <laughs> it's well known that pickled food has been a staple in bars and taverns across the world as it gives patrons something to soak up their alcohol while simultaneously causing their mouths to become parched in need of another beer to quench them. Louisiana, though, has a particularly unique love of pickled pork, a required seasoning in authentic Cajun red beans and rice, and many home cooks have their own pickling recipes for trotters, tails, and lips, as well as their own ways of eating them. If you find yourself itching to try one of these salty delicacies, tossing one in your mouth will make you look like a drunk fool. The recommended way to eat pig's lips, which has been documented in a 2014 rap song called Pig Lips, Boudin, and Chips by VP and Breezy V, which for the record, I swear, is not an innuendo for anything. It is absolutely an innuendo. That whole song is disgusting. It sounds catchy. (laughs) Uh, The way that they suggest it, and is suggested by anybody who knows what they're doing, is to take a bag of chips, preferably Zapp's crotators, which we only get here during, like, Mardi Gras. They'll sell some of them at Rayleigh's. We picked some up at the clearance one time. Zapp's. Not the crotators, but Zapp's brand. Oh, okay. But yeah, they don't carry them here on the West Coast otherwise. (laughs) But yeah, you take the crotators, crush them up, open the bag, drop a lip in, and shake it around like you're battering a piece of fish. (laughs) However, like one NPR writer stated, I have never tried one of these things, and I don't intend to. It is clear that pickled pig's lips are definitely not for the faint of heart. I, for one, would try anything once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try them once. There's this writer. She just wrote a whole article about how she found she, them. And she will not eat them. She bought a jar. <laughs> she keeps them on her desk to show people, and she dares them to try it. Nobody's tried it, and she refuses to try it. I'm like, it just doesn't sound That's like... even weirder, to yeah, buy the jar and then like not try it. weird. <laughs> Like, okay, you eat a lot of things, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's 2020. Like, you eat ass. <laughs> Thank God you said it. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, so, on to the number one. Okay, dinosaur brain found pickled in swamp. In 2004, an amateur fossil hunter by the name of Jamie Hiscox found what he described as an unassuming brown pebble in a tidal pool of a Sussex beach in southern England. Hiscox was perturbed by the fossil and asked an Oxford paleobiologist named Martin Brazier to take a look. Although Brazier knew almost immediately what it was, 
It would take years and a fatal car crash before the fossil would finally be fully analyzed by Brazier's longtime friend and colleague, David Norman of the University of Cambridge in 2016. It was a portion of a 133 million year old dinosaur brain. According to Norman, the brain likely belonged to a relative of the Iguanodon, an herbivore that lived in Europe roughly 125 to 133 million years ago, and its preserved longevity was due to pickling. That's right. According to Alex Liu from the Department of Earth Sciences at Cambridge, the creature likely died in or near a body of water with its head partially buried in sediment. Oh, God. <laughs> to quote from a 2016 National Geographic article, the animal's brain case served as a natural bowl, cradling the collapsed brain as the pond's acidic, low-oxygen waters essentially pickled the membranes. As the waters ate away at the dinosaur's blood and bone, the corrosion freed charged atoms that replaced that pickled tissues with minerals, preserving their impressions 133 million years later down to the microscopic level. So that area back in that time, because you know how our plates have shifted and everybody's mm -hmm. moved, it used to be a swampy area with very acidic uh, water. Now it's now it's a coastal part. because <laughs> yeah, it fell off into the yeah. ocean. <laughs> <laughs> The specimen, which is now known as the Brexhill fossil, because that's the actual place, named for the location of the find, may not help us know how big a dinosaur brain was, but it will definitely give us a further insight into the ancient anatomy of these lost creatures, because it was just tiny fellow. <laughs> uh, and also an extra fact, Jamie Hiscox, the guy who found it, he was the amateur um, fossil hunter, yep. uh, was also credited with finding the oldest spiderweb fossil in 2008. So he's he's got a couple under his belt. Good for him. It's a pay well. <laughs> I feel like it's definitely just a hobby. <laughs> I don't know who's paying you for the fossils. To be, to be an amateur? <laughs> yeah, to be an amateur. I, I think I should get paid to be an amateur in many things. <laughs> oh, trust me, I'm not an expert in anything. <laughs> All right, what do you have for me? Okay. New York had a pickle mafia. Number two. Pickles are creating a hostile work environment for fishermen. Number three. Henry Hines gave away pickle pocket watches to promote the Hines Ketchup Company. I, I know. Okay, okay, I know what I'm going to lie. <laughs> okay, um... Let's go with our mafia first, because that sounds fun. Okay. It's 1957. Where do you see yourself, Nick, in your favorite hot dog stand? Oh, uh, in my fridge. And it's just a bag of them. It's just a bag of cold wieners. You know, I've lived with you for a few years. That is very sad. <laughs> do not set up a hot dog stand in our fridge. <laughs> Wow, dreams crushed. Today, the union that represents picklers and pickling is called the ADS, the Associ Association for Dressing and Sauces. But that used to not be the case. Back in the 1950s, if you remember, you were probably represented by the Condiment and Table Suppliers Union or the Pickle and Condiment Union. If you were in New York, you might have been a part of the local 1648 Pickle and Condiment Union. You would be tasked with supplying restaurants, grocery stores, and the like with delicious pickles that you source from a fermenter. Except in the 1950s, you probably weren't doing that. Oh, no. Now, I couldn't find a whole lot about this one, which is crazy because of the content. Uh, the unions I mentioned 
before don't exist anymore in the the legal case that this is based off of was buried in a 63 year old attorney general report i found in the bowels of google that's why you were digging through those as a side i was digging through those (laughs) oh god i spent way too much time (laughs) he reported an error on them yeah (laughs) i had no idea but the united states attorney general used to publish an annual report on court cases that are or were ongoing and the outcomes these were for big landmark cases that set precedent. The first one was published in 1832. However, the website that was hosting it posted the 1882 report as the 1832. <laughs> that, was, that was the error I found. Oopsie. I felt pretty proud of that. Uh, a highlight of the 1882 report, 75 cents was paid back to W.S. Thompson as reimbursement for one quart of alcohol on June 15th. Uh, but seriously, the entire accounting is fascinating. Uh, We'll, I'll include the link in the show description. If you're really bored and kind of nerdy, just go look through them. Like it's <laughs> it's kind of crazy the stuff that they that they had to account for. Anyways, back onto the bigger tangent that I just got on. Uh, these were released yearly, starting in 1876, going through 1993, with only a few years omitted or missing. I haven't been able to locate any after 1993. Wow. <laughs> and. Back to the main story. Uh, the report for 1957 lists the court case United States versus Malinsky under the racketeering subheading. Ooh. Morris Malinsky was a former business manager for the New York Pickle and Condiment Dealers Association. So you can probably see where this is going. Malinsky and 11 other high-ranking men in the Pickle and Condiment Dealers Association and the Pickle and Condiment Union were brought up on charges that alleged that they would through intimidation, pickets, and strikes, strong-arm non-union pickle dealers. <laughs> they would force the non-union dealers to pay dues and join and start price-fixing to increase profits all around. So if you were in either of the unions in the 50s, you were probably not selling pickles to restaurants and grocery stores. You were probably shaking down other pickle dealers for tribute in an organized pickle mafia. <laughs> all it's to- just a union! <laughs> Come on! All told, the operation was funneling an extra 150000 each year. Oh, wow. One of the suits alleged that the total cost to consumers was over $1 million per year due to price fixing. The craziest part? The 12 men went through three trials. The first two ended in mistrials. And then the day after the third trial started, nine of the men pled guilty to violating the Hobbs Act, which, if you're unfamiliar, is extortion or robbery. I couldn't find their actual sentences, but the maximum they could have received was 20 years and $10,000. The other three men were still waiting trial as of June 1957. I couldn't find their case, case listings. Weird. Yeah, th- this one was so wild that, goes deep. that I, I couldn't find anything about this. <laughs> the unions don't exist anymore. I only found the case name once, and the other three trials were never named, either by defendant or case name. The annual report by the U.S. Attorney General hasn't happened in nearly 20 years either. Yep. So this was a wonderful ride through the legal system speared on by pickles. <laughs> Catch that oh, one. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm not giving you anything for that one. All right. Uh, that was kind of cool. I hope you feel like it was worth it. That one. I think that was. I'm pretty super dumb. proud of that one. I put way too much time and effort into it. Uh, that's some expensive pickles, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so we're gonna go with the. Uh, what was the? Pickles are creating a hostile work environment for fishermen. Is that okay? We're going with that one, but is it sea cucumbers? <laughs> okay, 
Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Just go with that one. Do you think that one's true? Uh, yeah, because the last one, I know what they actually gave out, and it's not pocket watches. <laughs> I'm going to do the third one next, because uh, it was purposely misleading, and if you read it, then you'd you probably know it wasn't pocket watches yeah, it was little pickle pins but you but they were for your pocket watch or well there are two versions actually one was for your one was for the men and their pocket watches the other was a brooch for ladies to wear oh really and i just thought picket pocket watches rolled off the tongue real easily Pickle. i'm gonna give you two and a half this week <laughs> oh that's not fair <laughs> henry heinz gave away pickle pocket watches to promote the heinz ketchup company the H.J. Heinz Company, as we know it, was founded in 1888. Though Henry founded similar companies earlier, he bought out his partners and rebranded as Heinz in 1888. It was a small company that dealt mostly in, you guessed it, ketchup. However, at the 1893 World's Fair, Heinz believed that he was unfairly given a stall out of the way. Desperate to drum up business and interest, he hired local boys to go around in a place handouts around Chicago that promised a free watch charm that could be redeemed at his stall which was in the corner on the second floor of the Ag Hall. And it worked almost too well. Heinz had people clamoring to his stall trying to get the plastic pickle charm. The charm was made of an early early form of plastic. It was branded with Heinz in capital letters, and it came in the two varieties I just said. One brooch that women could wear and one with an eyelet that could be attached to a pocket watch. In all, he distributed over a million of the charms by the end of the fair, which lasted about five months. Allegedly, there were times when there were so many people on the second floor that the floor visibly bowed down and could be seen from the first floor. Wow, that's scary. <laughs> so in preparation for this story, I, I, I've I, started looking at eBay just for like the weird things we found. Like uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, the... The, the deed title deeds in oh, for Canada the cereal. Yeah. yeah for the cereal uh, you can still buy those uh, I looked for the pickle charms and for about ten dollars you too can own your own Heinz pickle pin yep uh, so there's a lot on eBay but there are definitely some that are from that 1893 World's Fair so you misled me anyways that was not cool what do you mean? <laughs> So you're saying the last one is the lie? Yeah, pickles are creating a hostile work environment for fishermen. Yeah, this is the lie. Because technically that title was a lie. They didn't give out pocket watches. They just gave out charms with it. You little... S whatever. Okay. And this one's, guess... only, this one's only a lie on a technicality. Uh, it's actually... <laughs> All of yours are a lie on a technicality. <laughs> it's actually a type of tunicate that resembles pickles. They're slimy. But we'll get into that. It's a tuna what? Tunicate. T-U-N-I... C-A-T-E. Tunicate. Okay. Okay, we're about to get <laughs> super into the animal kingdom, so stop me if this goes too far. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Pyrosomes are a part of the tunicate phylum. They are a marine invertebrate that are usually cylindrical or cone-shaped. They are made up of zooids, which are only a few millimeters long, but hundreds of thousands of zooids combine to make pyrosomes, which can be up to 60 feet long. The pyrosomes are commonly called sea pickles. Yeah. In 2014, scientists and fishermen started seeing pyrosomes in the Pacific Northwest. While common in warmer waters of Central and Northern California, they started migrating north to Oregon and even Washington. This has caused lots of issues and turmoil for fishermen, who must sort these out of their nets and reset hooks more often due to the sea pickles getting caught. This is causing some fishing operations to spend more time fishing with less to show for it. 
Oh yeah, no, that was it. I, oh nice. I, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot to this. One. I mean, they, there's lots of stories about, but it's all the same stuff, and I, I don't know. Sounds. It was hard. Um, to, it was hard to find a third pickling story. <laughs> yeah, I I tossed this one because I didn't like it either. Uh, I guess it's a mini one. Scientists are working to cure pickle cancer. Pickle cancer. It's not really cancer. Downy mildew has been an enemy of the cucumber since the mid two thousands. Every year, northbound winds carry the mildew from Florida to the northern cucumber fields. By the end of harvest season, the mildew reaches all the way to Michigan, leaving a bunch of ruined cucumbers in its wake. It's caused farmers to reduce cucumber field size, roughly 25% between 20, 2005 and 2015. Vegetable breeders have been trying to combat this by creating cucumber crops that are resistant to the, to the mildew. While farmers have been trying to combat it with fungicides, the mildew is able to adapt quicker and come back stronger every year. Wow. Yeah, so, I don't know. That sucks. Yeah, it's bad, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I really couldn't make up a story about it or anything. So. Well, it was a little mini one. Did you, did you come up with an angle? So I got a couple more. Along that lines, that uh, that sodium bisulfate, they use it also to kind of along the the lines of the the sea stuff. Uh, they use it to kill out a species of starfish called the crown of thorns starfish, which is an invasive species. Uh, and I was just like, that's kind of crazy. But they also use it for uh, anti-browning agent in cut produce, so that. They sprinkle oh, it on there and because it because it, it's so because it's acidic. And yeah, so orders and you put lemons on it's cut a, apples. It's an additive. Um, let's see. Oh, so when I first started talking to you, of one of the problems I was having with the pickling thing was there was a lot of clickbait stuff. But there, when you click, you try to find out more. There isn't a lot. It yeah. all just goes to different lists. A of, lot. No top five, top ten. You don't know exactly where the source is. Most were unsubstantiated. So one of those is the the wait wait wait. Don't say. Is it the 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 uh, pickle dowry? The from Fiji. Yes. Yes. I wanted to find that one so bad. I wanted bad. it too, and all I could find was people referencing the exact. They you, typed exactly the same. So do you have do you have the snippet? Uh, I don't have the exact. Oh. Well, just that uh, the pickle pits in Fiji wine with banana leaves to keep food safe in case of storm. Men were required to show their in-laws their pickle pits before marriage. That was all they can find. Yep. Yeah, and like even even one of there was like a, a little excerpt on a little fact sheet from Nat Geo, and literally all it says is that again. I'm like, you still don't have sources. There's no pictures. There's nothing. So we couldn't keep that one in. <laughs> but I really wanted that that headline, pickle diaries. Yeah. That was that was so right there. Yeah. That would have been cool, but yeah, no, there's there's no no. I, well, there might be truth to it, but we couldn't find any. Yeah. Uh, I have one. Uh, Shakespeare created the phrase in a pickle when writing The Tempest. Yep. I read that one, which I thought was really weird because as I was reading the excerpt, I was like, how did people just like, like how did they pick I, that up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, how does that enter the lexicon of <laughs> Yeah, the exactly. It's super weird. Um, I had one because I was really interested in pickled eggs, uh, which is where I got to pickled bar food because I've honestly, I've you seen love pickled anus. eggs. <laughs> I love what? Pig anus. <laughs> Stop. Uh, I was trying to figure out what the origin of pickled eggs was, and it's interesting, but it wasn't as interesting as well, other well, stuff. Uh, well, the origin for that is it's been in Europe forever. They In Germany, Dutch. <laughs> Dutch are the reason why we have the red ones, because they use pickled beet juice. Oh, um, fun. Yeah, and it's always been a thing because uh, 
the the pickling of eggs has been around since they've been trying to preserve food. Uh, even Napoleon uh, was paying to try to get people yeah. to preserve food, and pickling came out of that too. Amerigo Vespucci started his sailing career as a pickle merchant. Yep. Yeah, and uh, who was it? There was some author, American author, that called him a pickle dealer. <laughs> uh, on a hot day in Virginia, I know nothing more comforting than a fine spiced pickle brought up trout-like from the sparkling depths of the aromatic jar. Yep. Who said, who said it? Uh, I don't remember who said that. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. He I loved him some one. pickles. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, everybody did. Columbus loved them. Like, every, they were on ships. Oh, but uh, with the pickled eggs, uh, people often say, like, oh, pickling, you have to be careful with pickling because you'll get botulism. But the only known, uh, the only reported case of botulism to the CDC from pickled eggs was in 1997 in Illinois. A man, hmm. a, like, 60-year-old man was pickling eggs and he left them in the sun, but he also pricked them. And when you prick them, sometimes people prick their their stuff so that the juice gets inside but when mm -hmm. you do that you can introduce stuff that's on the outside oh, that, on would the, the, that was on the killed. skewer yeah yeah so interesting yeah so botulism and pickled eggs at least is incredibly rare <laughs> uh i've never actually had one at a bar though <laughs> yeah our, our local bar has a has a they make their own and it's always oh man do we do we do it and it's today the day and we, we never choose to <laughs> It's not that we're against pickled eggs. It's we don't we're, trust our bartender. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, there's uh, this really isn't a story at all. I guess it's more of an anecdote. But there are so many recipes for pickling. Like, oh my god, I had I, know. I had a coworker who used to uh, make uh, like peppermint pickling uh, uh, pickles. I guess like weird. Yeah, she would uh, melt down peppermint sticks and add it to the brine yeah it was, it, you know what weirdly like that that was the most memorable one but like she made like a couple and they were they were all pretty good i, don't, yeah. I guess i just like pickled food pickled food is really good <laughs> and it's good for you however there was a um there were studies of people who ate pickled food and it was like uh, the study focused on uh asian people eating asian pickled food so like cabbage kimchi kimchi yeah, so it was like areas with kimchi and stuff, and that it uh, contributed to cancer. But it was a very small study, and it had a lot of errors, apparently. So I wouldn't be worried that pickled food is going to cause cancer. <laughs> um, well, that was all I had. That was it. I mean, they were yeah, so, more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, so we started this week, and we thought it was going to be kind of a pain to try to find pickling stories but that actually didn't turn out that bad yeah i learned a lot um and we had a pickle to boot yep <laughs> so is this where we is this yeah is this it? i think so all right i guess this is it uh thank you for listening to the live patrol uh we will see you again next time probably not see you though probably you'll hear us <laughs> yeah we'll probably hear you okay Man, we're nailing it this time <laughs> we're doing great <laughs> all right have a good one bye for show ideas inaccuracies or general comments you can email us at the live patrol at gmail.com intro and outro music provided by the simulation hypothesis by revolution void 
found on the Free Music Archive, CC BY license. Thank you for listening.